Okay, so if you have your journals in your hand, you can go ahead and open them to the first week. Uh, today's going to be a little bit different as we kind of go in and out of worship and, and, and some teaching. Um, John Ortberg tells this story uh, of something that happened in the mid-80s in the locker room of the Chicago Bears. So Mike Ditka, who was the coach at the time, uh, was getting ready to, to give his pregame speech to get the team pumped up. And he saw uh, William the Refrigerator Perry. You guys remember the refrigerator? And he kind of stops by the uh, uh, refrigerator and he says, Hey, uh, after I give my, my, my speech, would you, would you like lead the team in the Lord's Prayer? And Perry said, Absolutely. Well, Jim McMahon happened to be passing at this moment that he asked Refrigerator Perry to say the Lord's Prayer. And he goes over to one of the chaplains and starts laughing. He said, you're not going to believe this. Dick asked uh, Perry to, to, to lead the Lord's Prayer after his speech. There is no way William Perry knows the Lord's Prayer. And in fact, I'll put 50 bucks on it. And the chaplain said, I couldn't believe that I was doing this, but I decided to bet $50 that he didn't know the Lord's Prayer. And he said, so we're here getting, getting ready. And, and, and I decided, okay, I'll, I'll, everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. So let's... Let's take this bet. And uh, so they're sitting there waiting for the moment, not even listening to the speech by Ditka. So Ditka gives a speech, gets the team pumped up for the game. Remember mid-'80s, they were actually really good at this time. Um, and then he looks at, uh, at, at Perry and says, okay, I'm done. And Perry bows his head. And, of course, McMahon's, like, laughing over on the side, like, there's no way he knows. And he says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. And uh, everybody says amen and gets up and kind of heads out on the, on, on, onto the field, and as they're running out, Jim McMahon goes over to the chaplain, he puts his hand on his shoulder, and he's like, man, I owe you 50 bucks. I had no idea. He knew <laughs> the Lord's Prayer. Prayer, prayer. prayer is an interesting thing, isn't it? And... Uh, What's funny about prayer is, is everybody at one time or another prays, don't we? Especially in those moments like where we really need something, like we know what prayer is and we're, we're willing to call on God to help us. In fact, I think there's a lot of Georgia fans today who said a lot of prayers last week uh, to get them where they are today and now they're paying for all those prayers saying, God, I'll do anything. I'll even go to church this next Sunday. I mean, maybe that's why some of you are here. I don't know. Um, so what we want to do as we begin the year is we want to begin with prayer. And uh, we want to talk about prayer in a way that helps each of us in our daily lives focus our lives by beginning with prayer. Now, I realize many of you are prayer warriors, and you've been praying for years, and you have a daily routine, and um, I look up to you. Uh, for others, we... We want to be like you. For some of us in the room, prayer is a difficult thing. And some of us don't know how to pray. Uh, some of us feel like we're not sure like, if, if, if we should pray or if we should leave that to the, the professionals or, or anything like that. But here's what I know. I know in our world today, I know we are pulled in so many different directions. And I know we are overloaded with information. And, and, and there is so much chaos in our world. And I think Jesus taught us the simple little prayer, maybe as a way to gain some focus and perspective in this world. There's actually research 
that talks about how prayer helps center us, calm us, and de-stress us. Is there anyone in the room who needs to de-stress a little bit this coming year? Anyone? I hope so, because we're going to begin by talking about prayer. Um, I love this. Uh, William Barclay says this, all other things can only take their proper place when God is given his proper place. All other things can only take their proper place when, when God first gets his proper place, when he's put in the place where he should be in our lives, where he's given kind of that first spot, the first priority, the number one place in each of our lives. Now, what is prayer? Uh, it's a great question. Prayer, many times, if you looked it up in the, in the dictionary, prayer would just be an address to God. It's just a, a way that we talk to God. It's like a speech that we give, maybe a list of needs that we have. Uh, we may acknowledge him, but, but prayer is just this address from God. And it's almost, when you, when you think about it that way, it's almost very disconnected from us. It's just something I say to God. Uh, those who go a little bit deeper would say, no, no, prayer is actually this communication with God. There's some give and take. There's some hearing from God. And then even deeper still is this understanding that, no, no, prayer is like keeping company with God. Like, so it's beyond just communication. It's, it's actually like keeping company with God. And then even further beyond that, some would say it's this mysterious conduit. Like prayer opens up this, this mysterious conduit between us and God. It's, it's creating this, this sacred space that allows us to, to find God, for God to hear from us, but for, for, for us to also hear from God, for us to feel something from God. Uh, as a staff this last year, we spent quite a bit of time talking about culture. Uh, we talk a lot about vision in business. We talk a lot about vision in the church. Um, and here's the deal. Culture trumps vision every single day. The culture of a business the culture of a family, no matter what you say your vision is, like the culture is going to trump that every single day. So we spent quite a bit of time as a staff talking about the culture that we're building. And we found, uh, we, we kind of created this list of team guiding principles uh, for us as a staff. And as I was sharing this with the board, one of the board members said, I want this in my family. Like this is like a sermon series right here. Uh, and, and the first thing that we said we wanted to do as a staff is we want to start with prayer because we want to acknowledge our need for God no matter what we're doing. We want to acknowledge that we need God and we want to give him space to lead us. Like, we want to start with God first and foremost. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, thank goodness that was your first thing. You are a church staff. That's where you should start. But it's funny. You'd, you'd be surprised how many times that's not the go-to. Because the go-to for humans is our minds. Like, let me set the stage and then if I need help, then I'll invite God into the process. Have you ever felt like that in your personal life? Like, let me do what I do, and then I might invite God into the process if I need him. So these were our, our uh, team guiding principles. And then we kind of stepped back and said, why do we not pray? Like, what, why is it that we as humans just, why do we tend not to pray? And here's a list. And maybe, maybe you find yourself in one of, these, uh, one of these four things. Number one, we don't pray because we don't really know how. We don't think we know how. We think maybe only the professionals know how to pray, and so we're not really sure how. We, we're not sure that prayer matters. Some of us just don't believe prayer is that important. And we're not sure that if I, if I speak to God that he'll even care what I'm saying to him. Some of us think it's just boring. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but I know there's some of us, from time to time, we just think prayer's 
kind of boring. And I'm not sure I want to spend any time doing that. And then others, we just feel like we're too busy. Like, there's, there's too much going on, and I just don't have the time to pray. You ever found yourself there? Like, you get to the end of the day, and you're like, I have had no time today whatsoever. Bill Hybels wrote a book years ago called too busy not to pray. I love that premise. Like, I'm too busy not to pray. I need God too much in my life, like, just to set him aside. It's a great book. If, if you have time to pick it up and you want to go a little bit deeper, um, that, that's a great, great place to start. So here's, here's what Jesus does in, in this Sermon on the Mount where it's his most famous teaching. He's kind of summing up what is the life of a follower of Jesus? What, what does the life look like uh, for someone who, is, who, who claims to walk with God. What, what, is this, what does this life look like? And in the middle of this teaching, he comes to the concept of prayer. And this is what he says. When you pray, now I love that first phrase. Like Jesus is assuming that we're going to pray. Like he's building it in that there's this expectation when you pray. Not, not if you pray, but just when you pray. Uh, those who follow Jesus, those who, who, who claim to walk with God, they pray. And so when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corner and in synagogues where everyone can see them. So, so uh, if, if, if you see people who just love to get up in front and just pray, like don't be like them. It's not about some show that you're creating. And he goes on, but when you pray, he says it again, when you pray, Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything, he sees all, he knows all, he will reward you. Now this should set us at ease a little bit. I, I know there's this, and, and I know because I, I talk to you all sometimes, there, there's this like fear of praying in public. Like you feel like, I, I just, I can't pray in front of anybody else. Well, Jesus, you're, you're in good company. Jesus says, don't pray in front of anyone else. Just pray. So if your small group leader this, this spring asks you to pray, just say no. Jesus told me not to. <laughs> Blame it on me. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But, um, but Jesus says when you, when, you, when you start to pray, when you start this journey of like take, keeping company with God, like pray alone in the quiet spaces of your house. And then he goes on, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions. Uh, they think their prayers are answered just by repeating words again and again and again. This, sh this, should, this should help us remember that prayer, prayer is, it can be simple. And we can just, we can, we can tell God, we can say some things to God, we can listen for God. And it doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out thing. Now, there are times when we need to spend extended amounts of times in prayer, but but there also, it's, it's time like to start the day where Jesus teaches us, and it's pretty simple. It, it doesn't take all day to pray. So here, here it is. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This then is how you should pray. So, so maybe for us this year, this becomes a bit of a template, a guide. Maybe it becomes the prayer that we start with if we don't know what else to do. Like this becomes the starting point in our year with God. And what I want to do 
this morning is just begin with that first sentence. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus starts the prayer with this simple word, our. Our. There was this common understanding in the ancient world that only certain people belonged to God. And I think what Jesus wanted to do is he wanted to open their minds that that the family of God is so much bigger than you know. Like, it's not just your father. It is your father, but it's, but it's our father. It, 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 it's this stretching word that causes us to think bigger. Now, aren't you so glad that in the last 2,000 years, we no longer see the world as an us versus them kind of a thing? Like, we, we, we view the world as a, we don't really do that, but Jesus wants us to. He wants us to understand that all people, regardless of of gender or race or nationality, all people have been created by God for God. And when we say the word, our Father, it it, it should expand our minds so that we see a much bigger world, so that we see a much bigger God who loves a much bigger swath than we ever could imagine. It's not just me. It encompasses more. Uh, this, this word father that, uh, that Jesus uses is, is a word like daddy. Like our, our, our daddy. Or in the South, we said our papa. <laughs> like dad. Uh, in, in the Old Testament and in the ancient world, uh, the ancient Hebrews could not even speak the name Yahweh, which was the name for God. Like they couldn't even say his name. And here Jesus is like turning everything on his head and he says, no, no, not only can you speak his name, like he's your father. And you can approach him not like father, but like dad. My dad. Um, Every now and then, it doesn't happen much anymore because my kids are getting older, but every now and then when I get home from work or I've been on a trip and 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 I come home, my kids are like, dad and they like run to me and jump in my arms now I know you're envisioning my 16 year old not him but (laughs) my younger kids um dad and they run and they jump in my arms you you remember that as a kid like maybe you hadn't seen your dad for a while and you just like like Jesus is painting this picture there's this unfailing love and care and there's this nearness and it's I know not everybody has this experience with their father but it's this like comfort and safety kind of dad And Jesus says, when you approach God, it's not like this approaching the bench. Like, he's your dad. Like, don't you know how much he loves you? You can can talk to him. He's your father, our father. It's relational. Like, when when you approach God this year, know that you can do it in relationship, not in ceremony, not in ritual, not in just going through the motions. Um, I like this. Every time we pray, um, again from, from William Barclay, every time we pray our Father, we can know for certain that for God, no one is lost in the crowd. Now, don't you need to hear that this year? That you're not lost in the crowd? Even in a room that's packed, like to know that when you say to God, God, our Father, like he hears you. No one's lost in the crowd. That if we matter to no one else, like if you feel this year all alone and you feel like you don't matter to anyone, if nothing else, you matter to God. You're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. 
you can approach him like that. And in this distracted world that pulls you in so many different, different directions, in this information-saturated place that we live and everything's coming at us, like this prayer, this, the beginning of this prayer can, can slow us down to know that the, the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe is interested in you and in me. Do you guys remember the, um, the story of the prodigal son? That's the name of it in the Bible, the prodigal son. The, you know, one of the sons tells the dad, hey, I want my inheritance, and he checks out, and he runs, and he blows all the money and wild parties and, and all that. You guys remember that story? Some of you have heard that um, before. And when, when the son comes to his senses and he, he comes home, there's this interesting kind of concept and, and in, in our human minds, we would think that there would be some, you know, there's some ramifications to the son's, obe- like, like the son disobeyed the father, he left, he blew all the money, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's these consequences that have to come with it. But, but Jesus, as he's painting this picture, he's, he's, he paints a picture of the son coming back, and he paints a picture of the dad who's like sitting on the porch, like sitting on the front porch drinking some sweet tea. And... Uh, and and it says, like, while the son is still in the distance, the dad sees him. You guys remember this? The dad sees him. And um, I hate to admit this, but sometimes, like, I see myself, like, in the shoes of the dad, and I see myself doing this. You ever felt like that? And some of you might feel today, like, I haven't prayed in years, or maybe I only pray when I, I feel like I need something, and But Jesus paints the picture of the father who puts the sweet tea down and he jumps out of his chair and he runs full speed to the son. And he embraces him. And the son falls on the ground because he's ashamed and he's like, I don't belong. And the dad's picking him up and he's like, you were lost and now you're found. Listen, what if that's the picture of your heavenly father as you enter into prayer this year? Like the, the dad who is on his toes just waiting for us to say, our Father, and he comes running and embraces us. Now listen, I get it. There are times in prayer I feel like I'm talking to a black hole, like there's no one out there. But there are moments in prayer that I feel like God wants to surround us with his presence, and it's almost like we're transported. And I know this sounds mysterious, and some of you who are new are like, I don't know what I walked into, but there's this, there's this thing in prayer at times where when we close our eyes and we simply, our Father in heaven, like it's like we're transported, and it doesn't always happen, but there are moments when we can feel the love of God surround us. And that's what God desires. Um, We're going to kind of enter back into a moment of worship and then I'll come back and kind of wrap us up. But we're going to sing two songs. And in the course of these two songs, um, we want to encourage you just to, to spend some time with God. And you might do that in song by standing and singing with us. And that's awesome if you want to do that. Um, you might want to do that uh, during this prayer moment. You might want to come up. There's these little notepads and pens. And maybe you want to Put something up on the cross because there's something that you feel like is keeping you from God. Maybe there's something on your heart that you just want to give to God. Or, or maybe you just want to say, God, I need you to be my father this year. 
So, so maybe you just want to write something and put it on the cross. We want to give you space to do that. You can do that over the course of these next two songs. There's some candles in the back of the room, and in the Bible, light represents God's presence, and maybe you just have felt so disconnected from God, and this year, maybe your, your prayer and your longing is, God, I just want to feel connected to you. So maybe you want to light a candle and just say, God, I pray your presence would be with me this year. Throughout the room, there's some different stations. There's some back here, back against this wall. Um, there's one back here. Then there'll be two ushers in the front with communion. And maybe today, as we begin this new year, um, communion would be a good step for you. Um, there's this passage that says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Did you know that? Every good gift that we've received comes from the Father above. And the greatest gift any of us have ever received is the gift of Jesus Christ because it's like full of love and grace and acceptance and open arms of our Heavenly Father. So maybe today, taking communion would, for you would be this like, God, thank you for being my Father. Thank you for the good gifts that you give me. So communion will be around the room. Um, I know the tendency for us is to run, to everybody to run to communion. You've got two songs, so plenty of time. You don't need to rush. Uh, we just want to give you this space, um, this time to, to think, to pray, and uh, to connect, to, to spend time with God, to commune with him. So let's stand together to start. I'm going to say a prayer, and after I pray and um, we start singing, just feel the freedom to move around the room. You can stand, you can sit, take communion on your own. Uh, <laughs> There'll also be a couple prayer partners in the back corner of the room where the, the lamp is in the far back, my left, your right. Um, and if you just want someone to pray for you today, just stop by that area. There'll be someone to pray for you. God, you are a good father. You're our father. And um, you have loved us so well. Beyond our imagination, you have loved us. And so thank you for your love. We worship you today. We, play that, we pray that the, the songs that we sing the prayers that we speak would, uh, would not just be pleasing to you, but they, that they would open this, this open conduit to, between us and, and you. And God, I pray that we would feel your love this morning. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So then comes this phrase in the prayer, in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And uh, to be honest, for years, I think this was confusing to me. Because a lot of times we talk about God being with us. You know that phrase, like God is with us. But then this, this comment, this prayer that Jesus teaches says, it's, it says, our Father in heaven. Now, for most of us, we understand heaven and earth being two very different places. And we think physical places. Like there's here, there's the earth, and then there's there, which is heaven. Um, the ancient prophets did not understand heaven in this same way, and I don't think Jesus did either. Uh, he, he actually, and, and the prophets, as they talked about heaven, they talked about this coming reality. Now think about this. Jesus, Jesus, oftentimes, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is within you, or the kingdom of heaven is among you. Like, what did he mean by that? Like, why would he say that, that the kingdom of heaven is within or among us? Uh, I think he was teaching uh, this understanding of God that, that heaven wasn't like there and we're here, but heaven is actually 
just another reality or another realm that, that God is with us, it, it's just a little bit more, it, it's a little bit different reality. It, it's, there's something about it that it's not quite here yet, but it kind of is here yet. Um, I, you know, being a, a dad, and not everybody will understand this, but when, when my, my wife was, was pregnant with our kids, like the baby was here, but not here for me. Like it, here, but not yet. You know what I mean? Like there was this, I mean, I didn't tell her this, but you could see it. <laughs> and it was getting bigger, but he wasn't here yet. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Some of you dads understood this. And, and moms, you, you had experienced something that dads never will experience, like this something within you growing. You can feel it. But for dads, we can see some things, and we might put our hand there, and the baby might kick, maybe, and that's a big deal for us, but, it, but it's different, and it's like here but not here. That's the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is here but not here. It's among us. It's within us, but not fully yet. And so when we pray our Father in heaven, we aren't praying that God is distant. So God, I hope you can hear me up there. No, our Father who's in this, this, this different realm, like close, near, around me, within me, like God, our Father in heaven. And then, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. This word hallowed is an interesting word. It's a long word, and many of us don't know what it means. And sometimes when we say this prayer, even like in the context of a gathering or something, we kind of go hallowed, hallowed, or hallowed, or like, and you just kind of mumble through it, and it's okay because everybody kind of mumbles through it. How, like, what does that mean? Um, literally, the word hallowed means like holy or uncommon or, or set apart, not common to the world. And so when we say, hallowed be your name, it's, it's like saying, God, your name is so different than anything else here. It's set apart. It's uncommon to our world, and may that be true. Um, may your name be kept holy is another way to translate this, this phrase. May your name be kept holy. Now, this is the active part of prayer that calls us to some action. When we say this, hallowed be your name, we are committing ourselves to keep God holy in this world, to keep him uncommon, set apart, different. Not that he needs us to do that, but we need to do that. Um, if you know the Ten Commandments, you know the first three have to do with God, and one of them has to do with his name. Like, don't take his name in vain. Like, Jesus is kind of coming back to this thought. In my words, in my thoughts, in my life, may your name, God, be kept uncommon, like set apart, sacred, and holy. Our Father in heaven. Not distant, but in heaven, here. Hallowed be your name. That's the beginning. Pretty simple, right? But it invites us into this keeping company with God. It, it invites us into this, this conduit. It opens up this space where God can enter in. And it becomes a focus for us in this new year. Like, what if prayer... 
was the first thing for us this year. For you, for me, for our families. Like the first thing that we did in the morning, we simply said a simple prayer. God, our Father, hallowed be your name. Like that's just the starting point. Like what if that's, before we walked into a meeting, what if that was kind of on our minds and on our hearts? Would it help focus us? What if before we sent that text, we opened a conduit? Before we responded, what if, before we go to bed, before we eat a meal, like what if simply we just said, God, thank you. My Father, thank you for providing the food that's on the table. Amen. Simple. Not babbling on and on and on. Not loud and big ceremonial words. Just simple, open communication with God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, uh, Brueggemann asked this question, why should we pray? Why pray? We pray because our life comes from God and we yield it back in prayer. Because God gave me this life and I want to yield it back to him. Prayer is the great antidote to the illusion that we are self-made. And let me tell you, all of us need that. All of us need to be reminded daily, multiple times a day really, that that we are not self-made, that God gave us this life. And so prayer yields our life back to him. God, you gave me life. I give it back to you now. Prayer does that. Well, I don't know about you this year, what's coming up and what you have to do. Uh, I don't know if, like me, you find yourself from time to time stressed. I would imagine most of us get stressed from time to time. Um, I don't know if you have these, like, huge aspirations this year and some resolutions. Maybe you picked out one word. We talked about that one word, you know. Maybe you picked that out this year, and you've kind of got that at the forefront, which is awesome. Let me invite you. And I'm going on this journey, too. And I want you to know, like, for me, like, I'm a professional, and prayer does not come easy for me. Prayer's not easy for anyone. It takes commitment, it takes focus, but it opens the door to a whole nother experience that we all need with our Heavenly Father. So let me invite you on the journey over the next few weeks. We're going to learn a little bit about prayer, and we're going to learn how to stay focused in this year. Are you up for that? Well, let's, uh, let's close the service by, let's stand together and uh, let's say this prayer the beginning of this prayer together, and I've got it on the screen for us, real big so that we can read it. (laughs) Adjust your glasses. Are we ready? Here we go. God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And may, may you, throughout this week, as you turn to your heavenly Father, as you yield your life back to him, may your mind be stretched to understand you are a part of a big family, much bigger than you've ever imagined. May you open yourself to the people around you, regardless of how they've chosen to live their life. May you love them like your Father loves you. May you jump into your Father's arms. May you understand that He is on His tiptoes waiting for you to open the door, the conduit to to Him. May you this week keep company with God. And as you keep company with God, may you find some focus for life. And may you rest in your Father's arms. Go in his grace and his peace and his love and his mercy. And have a great week. And grab some food at the food truck. Amen.